Hello and welcome to another Arsenal podcast, Extra Time. I'm joined tonight by Regan McSweeney. Regan, say hello, mate. Arsenal, the Arsenal. <laughs> We've got Benfica tomorrow. How are you feeling? Uh, shit, to be honest. To be honest. It's, uh, um, I, no idea how this is going to go. I suspect we'll go through. Um, I don't think it's going to be a great game of football. Judging from yeah. what Benfica offered last week, and by the fact that you know if they score, then we've really got to switch on because the away goal rule. So I have no idea how to call tomorrow. I don't know what Arsenal's going to turn up. I don't know who's going to start because the team selections a bit all over the shop at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying now at seven twenty-two on Wednesday night that I'm not looking forward to it, but I know at half, half seven tomorrow morning when I wake up that. Uh, I'll be at full battle stations. My penis will be erect and I won't be able to wait for it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of, of the game tomorrow. I don't know. Similarly, when I wake up um, tomorrow at half past 11 in the morning, um, my penis will be erect. I'll be contemplating what to use for my mor- morning wank. Um, and then, yeah, be nervous about the game as soon as that's over. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to, I think we're going to go through, but again, like you said, I think it's going to be a tight one. I don't think, I just, I've got such bad nightmares of Olympiacos last year. It's it's etched in my mind and it's very hard to get rid of. Um, So I've got a really bad feeling that something like that, because the thing is, we all went into that thinking, oh, we'll piss all over them. And I feel like that's kind of the mistake we're making this time round. You know, Benfica won't be that bad again, I don't think. I don't think anyway. No, I agree with that. Um, it's funny you say that because I remember when I was outside the, the 12 pins before that Olympiacos game and the team news gets announced. And uh, I, I'd taken a lad. So it was me I'd, me and, and Lyndon, who's been on the podcast before, and we'd gone with a few of the guys from work. And we'd taken, taken a guy from work who'd never been to a football game in his life, bless him. Um, and we were like, oh, it's going to be a great game. You know, there's going to be loads of goals. This Arsenal team is going to be fucking sensational. And then <clears throat> what happened, happened. So it's very hard to call us in Europe at the moment, uh, which is a shame because I love European football, European competition is probably the better way of phrasing it. I love European competition. Um, that Europa League run to the final uh, when we got there under Emery was sensational, both in <clears throat> some of the performances and some of the little moments. And Yeah, the drama was good, wasn't it? Yeah, and if we've got nothing, even, even the run to the semi-final under Wenger, um, and, and losing to a, not losing to AC Milan, sorry, beating AC Milan at the San Siro. Um, but it, we've got nothing else to play for now. Arteta's made that very clear to the players with the team selection over the past two weeks. We know what the priority is. He needs to win this competition. And if... Right, I, you know, it's funny you say this, because I just got back from... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I just got back from a walk with uh, Kean on daily allocated exercise. Um, he's also an Arsenal fan. Were you, were you socially distanced? We were socially distanced, uh, but it's hard because we like holding hands. Um, and I, we were talking about the game tomorrow as well. And I said, I don't know what Arsenal will turn up because I would accept this season with open arms if, and I've said this for months, if it was Joe Willock and Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Eddie Nketiah and Reese Nelson and loads of young players playing, I would accept the performances that we've been dealt with. Yeah. 
hands down. And I'd be like, do you know what? We're getting better every week. Because we have been, even with these performances, we get better every week. This is exciting. But we're not seeing those young players. We're not seeing these these players that we, we technically want to see. And the players that are probably going to start tomorrow are paid enough and are good enough. They've shown that throughout their career to win a game like this. And if they go out there tomorrow and somehow cock this up, then uh, I don't think they should be playing for Arsenal Football Club. They've let Arteta down. And more importantly, they've let every fan, uh, every, you know, every everyone who's bought an Arsenal shirt this season, everyone who's uh, paid for a Now TV just to watch a game. So every Arsenal fan, anyone with a connection to Arsenal would be let down by a loss tomorrow because then we've got, what, four months, three, four months of playing for nothing. And that yeah. is brutal. So just, just give us something tomorrow, Arsenal. That's what we need. We need we need something to lift us, man. There's, it's going to be a, a dead season in the league. We know that. We're probably going to finish highest eighth, probably lowest 13th, 14th. So, I mean, it's going to be a really bad end to the season in terms of our league position. I, I don't think we can achieve top seven or top six for sure. Um, Not so, in the form that we're you, showing. But that, I mean, come on, even if we get into good form, we're not going to beat the likes of some of the teams we've got coming up, like Leicester away. We've still got West Ham away. We're not going to win these games. So we need to kind of get that out of our heads to expect to go and win them. Because if we do, it will be because of a outstanding performance. And I don't think we have that outstanding performance in us. I don't think we've got that man, that, that mentality to go into a game and, you know, sweep a side like that aside. I really don't think we've got that in us. Um I, th- I think there are players in that team who do, and there are players in that team. Yeah, who that's exactly like that's exactly what it is, though. It's players. It's not a team. We've we've got five or six individuals in games that can you know have moments that can win us games, and then we've got you know five others that aren't capable of doing that, are capable of losing yeah. us games on their own, not winning them. Um, so we're going to get into you know team news. Party is going to have a fitness test tomorrow, uh, which is what Arteta touched on in his press conference, and. Rob Holding's going to be out um, from the concussion he got against Man City on Sunday. So it's expected to probably be the same team as the first leg, with the exception of Tierney coming in for Cedric. Um, Do you think that's what's going to happen? Do you think, is there any other? I wouldn't be surprised if Cedric started right back. Yeah. Bellerin's played a lot of football and Cedric has had that rest. Um, Tierney will probably start if he's fit. He's he technically him and Saka are the two first names on the team sheet. Um, <coughs> sorry, you'll probably see David Luiz at right centre back, Gabriel or Mary. I'd be interested to see who he goes with because I think Arteta's got a real uh, like towards Pablo Mary, and I don't blame him. I think he's he's tidy. He's a classy defender. Um, great lid. And then great lid. Yeah, I wish I had his hairline. Um, yeah, me too. But then from and this is where it gets hard, Matt, because from from there forward, so we see Thomas Part is uh, facing the late fitness test. I don't want to see him risked. I'm I'm sick and tired of us a either rushing him back or b him not lasting ninety minutes. We're, we're putting ourselves into into positions where we need to play, we need to continuously play someone who's not fit and not ready, because the players around him aren't aren't good enough. So. Yeah. That's going to be a major selection headache. It should be Xhaka and Ceballos. I don't think Ceballos was amazing in the first leg. A lot of people said he was. His passing was great, but his actual retention and being caught in possession was, that's a lot to be desired. Um, (laughs) 
but so part uh, Jaka Sabayos, Saka will probably start. It's a lot of football for him again. Uh, Smith Rowe, Erdegaard, that's a headache. Yeah. Lacazette needs to start up front. Pepe, I'd play Pepe over Aubameyang. There's something not right with Aubameyang this season. Yeah, There's something not right, and it and it's being exacerbated by the fact that you know that chant you only sing when you're winning. He only speaks to the press when he scored. Or we're winning. <laughs> you only speak when you're scoring. A 23-year-old left-back who's been at the club for 18 months coming out speaking to the press after every loss. Every 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 defeat, he's out there. Bakayo Saka in front of the cameras every time. Why aren't the senior players in that dressing room? Jacko does it a lot as well, to be fair. He, he goes and speaks to the press. Um, and to be honest... So there's too the many cowards had... in the... There's too many cowards at the football club. There's too many people who are... And I hate saying this because I, I, it's one of the worst cliches in football, but it's it's so true in this case. There are so many people just happy to pick up their wage and kind of go home to their families. That's that's what football is for them. It's, and I, I don't even think you can judge them for it because I think like their motivation's just gone. I, I look at someone like a Bamiyang and I think like has his. It looks like his drive has gone to really you know prove. To, I think he's proved to the fans what he can do. So now what's the motivation? There's there's not another transfer after Arsenal for him, I don't think. Not another big transfer. This is a turning point for him now because I think there's probably some bits still going on in his personal life that we're probably not aware of. And I don't I don't fault him as a as a person or as a character. I think he's he's been excellent for Arsenal since he since he signed for us. Um this is a turning point now and it'll be interesting to see what happens because I can accept him ambling along for the rest of the season. This It hasn't quite clicked for him and, you know, this is just the way it is. If the summer comes and next season starts and we're still getting the same flaccid performances, then there's an issue. But if he goes away in the summer, comes back and is Pierre-Emerick or Bamiang again, the one we know, um, then I'm happy to, to give him this season because he's not the only player that's been shit and I think... I'm singling him out for not speaking to the press, but that's because he's our captain. And I think he probably would have asked for that armband in his contract. Yeah. And, well, yeah, it's no coincidence that he got it this year after, you know, he signed the new contract. That, But part of being an Arsenal captain, part of being a captain at a football club in the top six of the Premier League is that you accept there's higher standards of you than any of the other football clubs. You know, I, I don't think there's any blame uh, there's any kind of bad feeling towards people who say he should be doing more with the media because I think he should he should be coming out after the losses and kind of speaking to the press it seems like he's hiding do you know what what frustrates me is as well is that it's always our best players who are coming out and taking accountability for the mistakes of others now I don't expect a player to come out and say it's my fault I'm shit uh, or it's my fault that was my mistake but I seeing Kieran Tierney and Bakaya Saka go in front of the press and say, we're going to do better. You guys don't deserve this. We'll do better. All this stuff. I don't need to hear that from you because you have yeah. been doing well. Yeah. You know, I can't blame and you're You're faultless. There are a group of faultless players at this club right now. And then you've got the, it's, it's the Instagram post. The, you know, do you remember the Mustafa? We'll, back we'll on bounce top. back, back on top. We'll yeah. bounce back. I'd rather you just not post anything. Just, yeah. I'd be embarrassed to be posting stuff like that. And I run a, I run an Instagram account for a five-a-side team and I'd be embarrassed to post something like that. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Um, 
So obviously we went off on a little bit of a tangent. I, I think the same team as you said. I think it will be the same. Um, Cedric could come in for Bellerin at right back. Um, he has played a lot of football, so I think a rest wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But then I think, would you not rather, you know, keep a, a settled back four? Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. But I would. I would enjoy someone who can cross the ball. We all would. So it was the it was Arteta's press conference this morning. Uh, and he had quite a lot to say, obviously. Um, you know, someone asked him if it was the biggest game of the season so far, and this is what he said. Well, it's a big season and um, and a really important one as well, mentally and confidence-wise, because it's going to dictate whether we are in another competition or not for for a few more weeks. And um, this is really what we need. Um, really tough opponent. Uh, it's a Champions League team that they've been playing this type of games uh, for many years with a manager with a huge experience. But for us tomorrow, it's um, it's a final. So after hearing that, do you kind of feel like, do you think this is Arteta's biggest game at Arsenal so far? No. No, the FA Cup was, because I, I, I think if he didn't win that FA Cup, he wouldn't still be here. Um, yeah. that, bought, that bought him the time his project needs. On his... Quote Herbert, I think he's, he's spot on. This is a big season um, and it is an important one mentally and confidence-wise, to quote him verbatim. This season, no matter where we finish or what competition we go into, it's not a, it's not a case of placement and, and, uh, and, you know, prize money and getting into Europe now. It's a, it's a case of desire and performance. If Arsenal have been shit this season, but if we go into the last 10 games and play like an actual fucking football team and it starts to tick and you go into the summer and you're like, you know what, we're only two players away from really, really getting back into the top four again, yeah. then that's a successful season. If you if he could show to the fans that we're not far off, but we've been let down by individual mistakes this season, then he's right. Um, saying that this game is a final is a double-edged sword because I know what our players are like. We could go out there tomorrow and win 3-1 or, you know, we could go out and win on penalties and we'll get all the Instagram posts and all the pictures of everyone celebrating and then we'll go out to we'll go out to FC Heisenberg in the next round, you know? Um, it's a double-edged sword. I don't like quotes like that. You play the games, not the occasions. The players should be pro- professional enough to go out and do their job. Um, and, and that's what we need to see tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a... It just puts an unnecessary pressure on you when you make a statement like saying it's a final, you know, to... To come out and say that he's kind of, <laughs> if you lose a final these days in in management, you're it's not often long it's not long before you lose your job, and to kind of come out and say that it's a final when it's a round of thirty two game is uh, <laughs> putting a lot of pressure on himself. And on the topic of pressure, um, this is what he said about whether you know he feels that pressure as a as a manager. He said. This is why we are here when you play this type of competition, this type of games, finals. Uh, this is the pressure that you want. Much better it has to have the pressure to win than the pressure not to lose. And uh, I really enjoy the pressure of, of winning. And um, and to be here and to represent this club, you have to be prepared to that. If not, you don't belong here. So when he says to be here at Arsenal, you have to be prepared to do that. That I mean, he's he's completely right. This This football team should be fighting for 
for trophies regularly. We we should not. I, I I understand that the Premier League is out of reach for us at the moment, and I don't think even the most positive Arsenal fan, you know, that guy off AFTV with the headphones uh, tie, I don't think even he would think that Arsenal can challenge for the Premier League at the moment. And even if we were in the Champions League next year, you know, win it. But you know, Europa League, FA Cup, League Cup. These are while we're in that period of transition. This is what we should be going for. This is what the fans demand. That you know. If you're not going for that big, those big two trophies, you need to be really challenging for the for the other ones. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Um, it's a fall from grace, isn't it? You know, we've gone from being in semi-finals and finals of Champions League in the mid two thousands to now calling around a thirty two game Europa League final. Um, again, yeah. like I just mentioned, it's it's not the sort of so that's sort of phrasing that I want to hear when talking about a round of 32 game. He's he's bang on about the pressure of winning though. And I do think he's he's handled the pressure throughout this season and from when he took the job in a really commendable way. Um, he has been let down by a lot of players. Um, and this is the thing. So compare it to Emery. Emery was also let down by a few players. But the way he carried himself in the press and the way he spoke about the club and the players he had a victim mentality. There's something I learned at work the other day. You either have a victim mentality or a victor mentality. Mikel Arteta protects every single player in that squad. Some of them don't deserve it. He takes every defeat on the chin and says, this is my fault, I will get better. He is 18 months into his managerial career. He is one of, he's, he's in a job which could become a poison chalice. Because, um, I don't think us bouncing from manager to manager would be anywhere any a good sign at all. No. He is going to be an excellent manager. And even if he's not an excellent manager, he can go back to being an excellent coach. I think he's bang on about the pressure. And I'm sure if anyone can handle it, it's him. Like we say, it's just up to the 11 names that he picks to get the job done tomorrow. Yeah. Um, something slightly different. Uh, Xhaka was joining... Arteta at the press conference today and um, obviously as we know the subject of sort of online abuse is quite prevalent at the moment and uh, Xhaka was talking about it um, so here's what he said first of all I'm not supporters for my club I don't see them for supporters for my club because the supporters from the club they have to be here um, if we lose if we draw we will win of course, I said this before, you can criticize, you can say whatever you want about football, but not about a person, not about a family. I think this is two pairs of shoes, you know, about a footballer and about a person. And, but if one guy, he, he's a ticket holder from a club and he speaks like this about his own players, I don't think he needs a lot of respect from our side first and then from other people. You know, Granit Xhaka has probably faced what I would say is the most unfair criticism in his time at Arsenal of anyone because, and I'll count myself in that, not not in abusing him online because I, I genuinely don't do it, but in terms of... I've seen your tweets at Domino's when, they, when they're late with your order. <laughs> it's different when it's, um, when it's a pizza company, you know, they, they, that's your bread and butter, you expect a delivery to be on time. You know, I, I just think about, you know, it's really hard to tackle it because 
you can't track these people anyway because there's a, there's a social media problem in terms of you can't track accounts um you know anyone can set up an account with like a bot name and we see it so much with like all these eight numbers in in accounts mm. so you know when he talks about the abuse and stuff like that i think he has he's faced a lot in his arsenal career and i do i look back on it now and i think that a lot of it's been unwarranted at times but it's just been over exaggerated he's been an easy scapegoat is what i would say is what i'm trying to say um i think he's and I, I put that down to Bellerin as well. I think Bellerin sometimes can be an easy scapegoat. I think it's it's really convenient when it's someone who maybe doesn't look like they care. Doesn't mean they do don't care. I, I'd agree with you. Uh, I first I want to touch on the, his his first sentence there. They're not supporters of my football club, and he is damn right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I get onto David Luiz every week, but I'm getting onto his performances. I, I, I say yeah, it and this this is something I'm going I'm going to interrupt yeah. you, and I, that is not abuse. Criticizing footballers is not abuse. You know, saying oh, yeah, yeah, saying David Luiz, Granit Xhaka, Hector Bellerin, they they've been shit. That that's not abuse. You know, we're talking about people being abused here, yeah. like having death threats sent to them, family and stuff like that. And, and what you'll find is it's a certain generation, and it's a lot of the time it's from outside the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can, if if you were at an actual football match, and it goes to any ground in the country, any stadium in the country, if you were at a football match and started threatening, threatening a player's child, uh, you would you would a get ejected because a steward would pick up on that. Someone next to you would have a word with you. I don't care. I don't care if it's you know the hardest fans in the country or you really hate someone. Someone would someone would have a word, and and if they don't, at the worst, everyone around you would think you're a pillock. Um, I mean, I don't even think it would be having a word. I, I think it would be this guy would be absolutely battered. I, I think, especially in like an away game when you're in Europe or something like that and everyone's been in the town drinking all day. If you're listening to someone saying, oh yeah, his fucking kid deserves to die. I think that guy gets knocked out in the away end. Straight up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not being funny. We, we, we've said, we've said, you call referees wankers because at this point in time they deserve it. And, you know, you get onto other players and, and you sing these songs. But things like that, and, and it's, from, it's from a generation that is been raised in a virtual environment and there's no consequences of the words that leave their mouth so yeah. you get a lot of people that will will comment on something on instagram and maybe comment on what someone that they go to school with and bully someone on school site and cyber but in person won't say a word and it's because they know there's no consequences to the internet and what needs to happen is specific consequences i was ashamed to see that um that irish boy who uh who uh, abused Ian Wright just to go on to him uh, he sent him some terrible ter- some terrible abuse and, and yeah. even some sectarian stuff which is hilarious because Ian Wright played for Celtic um, and he's always had a every time he's spoken about Ireland and the Irish people he's always been very positive um, but that that child got off I think he got a very lenient punishment because Ian Wright said he forgives him as a, as a human level and wants him to learn from this and the judge took that as oh, okay, well it's not a big deal then. This is a big deal. Yeah. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to wake up in the morning and see a thousand or ten thousand people's thoughts and see ten thousand people abusing you. Criticism is fine. Criticism in the papers is fine. If they're going to you like, oh, you know, he needs to pick his performances up, blah, blah, blah. That's a that's an opinion piece, because as you see on, on the internet, I let's say for instance, I think David Louise is, is pony, and we know firsthand there's people that think he's great. That's fine. That's opinion. 
they're in a public sport. People are allowed to have opinions. The minute you threaten someone, the minute you send personal abuse to someone's family, death threats, yeah. things like that, it's overstepping a line and there needs to be real punishment for it. I agree. And it's definitely getting worse. It's getting to that point now where, you know, I follow Scott. I've, I've got the Sky Sports app on my phone. And, um, and until recently, I'm not sure. I didn't even change the setting. It's done it on its own. But it now sends me notifications when something comes up. So like when, when a game's ended, it says oh, someone wins 2-1 or wherever. Um, but it started coming up in the last sort of two or three weeks. That's so funny. Just as I say, it, it's just come up. Mönchengladbach versus Man City live. Um, so, you know, it started coming up with this player's received online racist abuse. This player's received online racist abuse. After the defeat, you know, that uh, the Twanzebi one with Man United... This was 20 minutes before the game had even finished. This guy had received four death threats before the game had finished. How is this a... You know, like, I don't understand what it's got to that it's only happening now. Or was it just never tracked before? Was it just never acknowledged before? Because I'm sure... People are fed up with the inactivity of social media accounts in actually um, punishing this. So they're now going more public. And it's putting social media under a lot of scrutiny. Um but one thing, one thing I will say again, like it's it's not your typical match-going football fan. Anyone no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Loves the spirit of football. It's not it's like the the most one of the most recent posts that Marcus Marcus Rashford received racist abuse on. I had a look at that and I saw the comments and it was loads of people sending the monkey emoji. I'd say about sixty percent of them were not from were not based inside the UK, and then I'd say a lot of them had accounts where you couldn't even tell where they were located so they're running anonymous it's strange and it needs to be stopped um and i think it will just get to the point where the psa just tell players to come off instagram and the 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 downside of that is that you won't see uh the good charity work that they do like um do you remember jack wilshire did all that stuff for that child archie ages ago that was all done through twitter and like the whole bradley lowry thing as well exactly um and that's going to be bad for, for the people that don't abuse players and genuinely want to interact with their heroes. And it's it, it, shit. It's a terrible situation. Jack is bang on. He's bang on to be angry about it. And I guarantee you, not a single fucker that comments on his Instagram would ever say it to his face. No, ever. It wouldn't. I, yeah, I'm completely with you on that. And the thing is, like, <laughs> he's absolute shit house as well. He would knock someone out in seconds. His right hander, I reckon, is immaculate. I'm dying for him to just get really angry one day and just right hander someone on the pitch. Hopefully, a ref. I would love to see him give Mike Dean so so many rights that he's begging for a left. <laughs> Jack has got a good left as well. Um, score prediction tomorrow. What are you saying? Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be like that Roma game in the Champions League that went to penalties when we had uh, all those young players on the pitch. Don't say penalties. I think it'll be one one. I think it's going to penalties, Matt. Fucking hell! If I have to watch a penalty shootout tomorrow, it's a good thing it's in five six. When it goes to penalties, I'll still have time to log on to Warzone. <laughs> virgin behavior what about you what's your prediction um one nil nervy one nil to the arsenal who's your goal scorer matt alex lacazette yeah, what a man he's a great man do you know what we've missed 
you know what we've been deprived of more than anything this season? Go on. Chance. Do you know how badly I want to hear that? Do, 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 do. Alex Lack, is it? <laughs> yeah, it would be good to hear them again. Chance literally would be a fine thing. Yeah. <laughs> Chance would be a fine thing, Gary. <laughs> Okay, Regan, there's something that Twitter has been, I wouldn't even say asking for, demanding in recent weeks. Mm. It's been demanding that me and you go head to head in a fiery debate. And, you know, we put a, we put a Twitter poll up yesterday afternoon about what the debate was going to be about. So we had, there were four options. Um, we had favourite biscuit, Star Wars versus Star Trek, best 90s girl band and is torture ever justified you know so <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad i didn't get picked <laughs> don't know who came up with that that's an awful thing to throw in there so best 90s girl band has won so i'm going to come to you first i'm going to ask you who you've chosen and i'm yep. going to ask you who your honorable mention would be to okay so i'll give you an honorable mention first because i don't want to get uh, into them too much it would be the Spice Girls um, yeah I mean they were 90s girl bands do you know what I mean um, and S Club again they don't really count as a girl band but they had they had a few pengers in there so <clears throat> Matt I've gone with TLC and I will tell you why I've gone with TLC and it's because TLC is an American girl group whose original lineup consisted of T on T Boz Watkins Lisa Left Eye Lopez and Crystal Jones Formed in Atlanta, Georgia in 1990, the group enjoyed success during the 1990s, small number three, after the addition of Rosonda Chili Thomas. They scored nine top ten hits on the Billboard Hot 100, including four number one singles, Creep, Waterfalls, No Scrubs, and I'm Pretty, and then a small number four. The group also recorded four multi-platinum albums, including Crazy Sexy Cool, open bracket, 1994, close bracket, which received a diamond certification from the Recording Industry of America, bracket RIAA, close bracket, TLC also became the first R&B group in history to receive the million certification from the recording industry of Japan, bracket RIAJ, close bracket, for fan mail, bracket 1999. They sold 85 million records worldwide and the best-selling American girl group. And that's why I've chosen TLC. Talk me through the references there. Uh, they're just, they're just uh, small numbers for me to remember I am. Yeah, listening to you... Sort of, you sound like you're talking. You can tell I love TLC. You can tell I like TLC, can't you? Yeah, because um, I, I, that, that just rolled off my tongue. All of that. Um, so obviously, no scrubs. That's great song. Speaks for itself. But I'm more of a fan of Waterfalls. Yeah, but the big question: Who is mm. Jason Waterfalls, and why is he going? He sounds like a '90s Sheffield United player. <laughs> Yeah, Neil. You can just imagine Neil Warnock throwing an umbro boot at him in the dressing room. You got fucking waterfalls out of the left wing, doing fuck all. He's chasing himself. He is deserve that for fucking waterfalls. That yeah, yeah. No, but uh, great band, um, group of absolute pangers. Yeah, um, and waterfalls, excellent song, excellent song. And uh, if you've seen the other guys with Will Ferrell and um, Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah. Michael Keaton makes continuous TLC references throughout the film and it's, it's excellent so I chose them great singers 
great look, great aesthetic. Um, and I, I think I've, I've won this. So I'm waiting to, to hear your choices. TLC, also one of the best WWE matches there is as well. Yes, made famous by um, the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and who was the other one? Edge and Christian, the Catholic Boys. Um, he joined you too a few years after that, didn't he? They did. They, they did. The Edge is fine. So I've gone for Destiny's Child. Okay. You know, Beyonce Knowles is just... I mean, it's not even worth saying anything about Beyonce because the, the facts speak for themselves. So I'll speak for the other two more. Kelly Rowland, you know, she's had some brilliant songs in her solo career. Nelly and Kelly. Yeah. Um, thing is, when you think of the songs that these this band produced, we've got Bootylicious, Say My Name, mm-hmm. Survivor, Bills, 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 Independent Women, Soldier. You know, these are some of your, your classic... I'm cleaning my room. These are going to be in your playlist, aren't they? Mm. How many of them are 90s, though? Uh, so I did look this up, and over 75% of their uh, hits, uh, their real hits, were in the 90s. So I'll give you that. They had six Grammy nominations, which, you know, a lot of girl bands don't get. Um, that's pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And between the period of 1997 to 2005, they sold more records than any other girl band in that time. So, you know, over an eight-year period, they're probably the biggest in the world. Yeah, but 97 to 2005, what other girl band was there? Uh, Atomic Kitten, Sugar Babes. Oh, come on. Come on. Everyone's outselling them. Gareth Gates outsells them. Oh, don't even get me started on Gareth Gates. What an elite Lovely artist. man. Met him in Sainsbury's in Brentford. Lovely boy. Was Will Young with him? Uh, no. And obviously, then you look at their solo careers after. So since they've split um, in 2006, they've all focused on their solo careers. So... Beyonce's gone on to become probably one of the biggest female solo artists in the world. You know, she's sold out arenas in every country. She had probably some of the most famous children in the world, mm. married to one of the most famous guys in the world. Uh, Kelly Rowland's had number ones in multiple countries, collaborated with artists like David Guetta, like, you know, like some real world-class artists on the way. She also was into acting and did other uh, ventures as well. And then, you know, Mich- Michelle Williams, she was a guest judge on American Idol in 2014 as well. So, you know, they've all gone on to big things. I'd like to know more about Michelle's appearance on American Idol. Um, who, I mean, is this is this is this live shows judges held? Yeah, this this was this was live show number three. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a, it was a one week appearance while one of the other judges went down with laryngitis. Simon was off getting his facelift. Yeah. Um, so I think really they've all gone on to do some pretty incredible work after. They were in Destiny's Child. Okay. It's a very hard corner for me to fight here because I've got obviously three baggers in my back pocket and I've got three great songs as well. Um, it's very hard to compete between the two. I think TLC are more of a cult following thing, whereas Destiny's Child is something that, you know, when you mentioned, you know, cleaning your house, I can imagine your mum putting bootylicious on when she's got the mop out in the kitchen. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong there. That's that's a regular occurrence in the Phillips house. So you're not wrong there. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see there's a way that Destiny's Child are beaten. Even if you'd gone with your honourable mention, which was Spice Girls, which I think had a chance of beating Destiny's Child. Um, I think Destiny's Child still might have edged it. I think it's. I think the Spice Girls beat Destiny's Child. But I think that's your love of. You know, I, I know how much you love this country. You're a, you're what I'd call a real patriot and um, oh, you love Great Britain. 
and Northern Ireland. So, uh, no, sh- shut up. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, <laughs> no, see, the thing is, right, I think about it. And you take Beyonce out of Destiny's Child and she can go off and sing every Destiny's Child song by herself. Do you know what I mean? She can just well, get yeah, she did. She did at the Super Bowl, Bowl, didn't she? She put, she went into a exactly. bit of a Destiny's Child um solo because uh, she is Destiny's Child. But you can't you can't remove one of the Spice Girls, and it was proven that you you know you can fuck around with the lineup of TLC or you know once once the original Magic goes and the, the band goes. So I think I think you're picking Destiny's Child more because of Beyonce, where you're not looking at the group. You know, you're not looking at every different factor that, that brought the group and the music together. And that's why I think TLC are the winners here. I'll let you have this one this week. I think you should. Otherwise, we'd be here for like four hours. The deeper I get down the Wikipedia page, the more information I'm arming myself with. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one this week. I'll let you I'll let you have it. But, um, you know, there's going to be some new topics up for debate next week um, in the poll. So... I'm gonna really make sure I get a winner next week because I can't I can't lose to you. I'm not debating you on torture. Because <laughs> we we've enjoyed enough of that this season. That is true. Okay. Well, the public spoke, Regan's answered, TLC, best nineties girl band. Thank you very much for agreeing with me. Regan, we're out of time. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Matt. I love you in a way. Yeah. I like you too, Jeremy. <laughs> right. Let's hope my prediction of penalties tomorrow doesn't come true. If there's penalties tomorrow, let's just, um, you know, get the toilet paper out and hope for the best. Exactly. Pleasure as always. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Extra time will be back on Saturday before Sunday's game against Leicester. So, you know, let's see what topics up for debate then. And until then, see you later. See ya, boy. Go, go, Jason.